It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 24th. My name is Philip Rossman. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, find me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic play their first regular season game of the 2021 season. They take out the Miami Heat. 113 to 107. We'll break down that game and what the win means and what the team looked like it meant, it meant as the Magic begin this regular season. We'll talk a little bit about the implications, the long term, the big picture implications, and perhaps the redemption the Magic are trying to build this season. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment in our first full game recap episode of the season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only get from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Miami Heat's perspective of this game? Check out Locked On Heat. Want to get uh, a look ahead to this weekend's games against the Washington Wizards? Find out what they had to say after their loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Check out Locked On Wizards. No matter what team you care about, what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college team, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This game, the Orlando Magic playing the Miami Heat, was on the knife's edge. You know, the the first, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Matt Moore uh, of the Action Network. Uh, I believe he contributes sometimes to Locked On Nuggets. Um, and, and he always says something that, that, that always rings very true to me. And I'm going to say this knowing full well what I'm about to argue toward the end of this, this podcast, but the first two weeks and the last two weeks of the season are total crapshoots. A lot of random stuff happens at the beginning and end of the season. And really, it's the meat of the season that determines where teams finish. 
and especially this year where there there isn't a ton of prep time, where there isn't a lot of run-up to the start of the year, and teams are still trying to work and figure out how to get themselves back into rhythm, it's hard to say what's real and what's not. So really, we're at a mode where we're still focused in a lot of ways on ourselves. Each team is focused more on itself than on their opponent. I mean, what their opponent does matter, and he certainly put a ton of stress on a lot of teams with the way that they play offense and the cutting and movement that they have. Um, they are they're an absolute joy to watch when they're when they're working really well. Uh, but there's still, you know, you take everything a little bit with a grain of salt. And again, I, I'm saying this fully knowing what I'm going to argue later on down the road. And so this game was a battle. Uh, let, let's make that perfectly clear. This game was a fight, a scratch-out, clawed battle between two teams that, uh, on one hand, were certainly still getting themselves back into shape and back into game mode, and they had their issues and they had their struggles. It was not a clean game by any stretch of the imagination by either team, to be perfectly honest. But it was also a battle between two teams that were trying to execute and trying to get a win. Two playoff-caliber teams. And for as much as there's early season sloppiness, which there was plenty, so many turnovers, the final minutes of this game were a fight. The Orlando Magic didn't score for four minutes in the fourth quarter. And that's typically a moment where a team like Miami, a a team that has championship aspirations after making the finals last year for sure, that is where a team like Miami should blow them out should take full control and win the game. Instead, it was Orlando making big shots, willing themselves to victory. Whether it was Evan Fournier hitting a three to break that spell, followed by Nikola Vucevic hitting a three to break that spell, whether it was Aaron Gordon forcing his way into the lane and literally throwing a ball into the basket somehow, or Markel Fultz doing the same finishing over contact, or the coup de grace with the Magic uh, up by four, running a play that set Nikola Vucevic up at the elbow where he put a perfect bounce pass to a back-cutting Evan Fournier for a lay-in and the basket. This is the kind of game where you where things really turned on a couple plays. Two or three plays might have changed this game completely. And the Magic came out on top. The Magic were the ones to make those plays wasn't the star power from Jimmy Butler. It wasn't Bam Adebayo. It wasn't the three-point shooting. It was the magic willing themselves to victory. They had their struggles for sure. It was, again, there were there was plenty to be concerned about in this game. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to... Uh, I'm going to address that here in a sec, actually. But late in the game, the magic made all the plays. They buckled up, they tightened up, and they defended extremely well. The pace was hectic, which is, seemed like the pace the Magic wanted. They were certainly pushing the pace and trying to create opportunities. They were trying to, 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 to catch the heat before they could get set and trying to you know use as much of the shot clock as they could. And again, some of that wasn't perfect. Orlando had some bad shot, shot selection and made some mistakes. There's, there's no denying this. But Orlando had the plays they needed at every turn to win the game. And if that's not confidence-building... I don't know what is. Now, there are a lot of problems in this game, too. Don't get me wrong. Orlando turned the ball over a ton. They went through some long stretches 
uh, without offense. You know, Aaron Gordon in, had was in foul trouble. He had four fouls early in the third quarter, forcing Chimo Kiki to play a lot more than I think the Magic really wanted him to play in this game. Um, Gordon admitted after the game that you know there's still you know that the fouling is a little bit of, of poor conditioning, but really, all that was outweighed by the good things Orlando did. From the beginning of the game, their defensive energy and intensity was really solid. Um, they were active. They were they were getting deflections, and and Steve Clifford, you know, didn't have the deflection number in front of him, but he suspected that the Magic's deflection numbers were were would be really good. And at least by the eye test, I would say that Aaron Gordon had a ton of deflections, helped really contain Jimmy Butler throughout the game as well, even even with the fouling issues. Orlando really did not whatever they wanted. But Orlando was really strong defensively throughout the entire game. Um, you know, some some lapses, some pick-and-roll lapses for sure, but the intensity and energy was there in a way that it wasn't throughout the preseason, to be perfectly honest. Orlando did really, really good things. And on offense, yes, there were some droughts and there were some periods where the offense laid, fa- laid fallow, but they were able to move the ball. They were able to get the shots that they wanted. They were able to, again to really set the tone. And I think the Magic set the pace of this game and really did what they wanted to do in the end. And that showed late in the game. That showed in winning time. This is a team that didn't do that very much last year. This isn't a team that had these big moments where not only did they win, they ran running away. In the moments, and, the, and, and again, those, those individual plays that decide games, Orlando made them. They stepped up to the plate. And that's probably the most encouraging thing to come out of this game. Orlando got the win. They're 1-0. That's the most important thing. But they beat the Miami Heat. They beat them. On this day, they beat them. And that's a really big confidence boost for a team that is trying to accomplish a lot. What they're trying to accomplish and what matters is what we'll discuss coming up here later in the show. But before we do that, we'll get into the box score here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, the holidays are here. Christmas is a big day in the NBA. Five NBA games. The NFL week starts on Christmas too. Uh, with some games on Saturday. The Bucks and Dolphins, I believe, play on Saturday. Um, so there's a lot of sporting events going on. And if you want to get in on the action, there's only one place that has you covered and the one place you can trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL games of the week, the college bowl games, or the top NBA games, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at BetOnline underscore AG on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and use the promo code Locked On for your sign-up bonus. Hashtag BetOnline. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The holidays are about giving. So I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash this holiday season. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's run through the final box score here as the Orlando Magic defeat the Miami Heat 113-107. to The Orlando Magic are led in scoring by Evan Fournier with 25 points on 9 for 13 shooting, 4 assists, and 3 steals. You're going to see a lot of these big assists and big steal numbers. The Magic come out of this game with 15 steals. They forced 22 turnovers um, that lead to, I believe, 24 points. The Magic do a really good job uh, on, uh, you know, creating turnovers and creating opportunities to get out and transition. Again, this Magic team talked about it throughout the preseason. It's their turnovers that are going to feed their offense. Their offense, they know, is not built to, to, to win in the half court. So what the Magic are trying to do, and, and we saw it throughout the game, actually, trying to pick up the pace, give themselves more time to execute, Run through their stuff a little bit faster. Um, you know, when their offense struggled, it was because they were taking early shot, early shots in the shot clock. Pace does not necessarily mean more possessions or quick shots. It's about moving through your offense quickly to get a good shot to catch the defense unaware, to create mismatches as the defense has to scramble to stop you. That's what the Magic were really focused on doing, and, and I generally think they did a decent job of that throughout the course of this game. Um, the Magic, the Magic. Um, got a great effort, though, from Evan Fournier. A solid on the defensive end. 9 for 13 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. Just reliable. When the Magic needed a bucket, they turned to Evan Fournier. I thought he played really well within, within the game. Um, the Magic, you know, were running a lot more of their offense through Nikola Vucevic and Markel Fultz. So Fournier was off the ball a little bit more. And I think that unlocked a lot of a lot of his game and, and gave him better driving opportunities as well as better shooting opportunities to score a, a high amount. Let's talk a little bit about Nikola Vucevic. 15 points, 5 for 13 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 11 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, not the greatest game from Nikola Vucevic. He obviously missed a bunch of shots in the paint. In the paint. Uh, 2 for 8 from the foul line. So, again, not the greatest start for him, but, you know, I thought he was solid defensively. Sometimes gave up a little bit of too much position to Bam Adebayo, who had a very nice game as well. Um, but in the fourth quarter, he stepped up big. He made uh, minus the free throws, of course. Um, you know, he made some some good plays for Orlando there. Aaron Gordon, twenty points, seven rebounds, four steals, eight for eleven shooting, one for four from beyond the arc. Um, Gordon was in foul trouble uh, early in the second half, so he didn't play a lot in the second half. He only played twenty six minutes in this game, and you know, over the last two years, Gordon's probably been the most trusted player. On the Magic's roster, he's the guy that usually that that, that has led the team in minutes uh, since Steve Clifford has took over. Um, but Gordon, Gordon did a lot of good things. Um, a his activity defensively early on in the game set the tone for this Magic team. They were into it defensively, and Gordon was a big reason why. Um, you know, his defense on Jimmy Butler was very very good. I haven't looked up the stats yet. Uh, I don't know if they're loaded in yet, but um, 
I would imagine that Jimmy Butler's field goal percentage when Aaron Gordon was the primary defender was not very good. Um, he was very, very good defensively. I thought he made a bunch of really nice plays where he stood his ground, was able to get deflections, and, and a couple, and even a couple. Uh, he wasn't credited with any blocks, but a couple of got, uh, a couple of deflections and blocks just from being a presence in the lane and being a, a hindrance and roadblock. Um, his discipline was great on that end. Offensively, when he was in transition and able to get to the basket, he was really good. He had a couple of nice pull-ups. Um, his issues were at the three-point line. You know, again, trying to dribble around a little bit too much. There's a stretch in the second quarter where I didn't think he was particularly strong uh, on that or, or was making poor uh, decisions with the ball um, as far as trying to find his offense because, again, the, the the ball found him. I mean, he had the big dunk, uh, you know, in transition. That's where he needs to be scoring a lot of his points. Uh, so, Aaron Gordon, an overall very, very nice game in his first game of the season. Uh, Markel Fultz had 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, uh, four turnovers. Um, so, again, just probably dribbling around a little bit too much. He was given a lot of freedom, and I think he definitely took it. Um, but overall, I think the Magic were happy that that he, uh, you know, was felt really in control of the game. I thought, I, again, pace is such a big deal, and, and a young point guard learning how to play with pace and, and how to manage pace is, is such a big piece of this puzzle. I thought Markel Fultz did a very, very good job of that throughout the course of the game. And again, there's going to be some hiccups, and I think he's going to continue to get better. Terrence Ross had 19 points, 6 for 14 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. Early on, Terrence Ross was really the catalyst for this team. Um, you know, with that second unit, the Magic, you know, were able to... Were, it looked like the Heat were going to pull away, actually, uh, early on in this game. The Magic really struggled early on in this game. Uh, and Ross did a really good job when he came into the game, just kind of reeling things back in and reeling that lead back in and keeping the Magic in the game. Um, Orlando trailed by two at the end of the end of the first quarter. Um, as Steve Clifford noted, this is a you know this is not a fourth quarter league. This is a first quarter league. Uh, being in the game, you know you can't lose, you can't win or lose the game. You can't win the game in the first quarter, but you can certainly lose it or you can make the task much more difficult. Um, the Magic last year had the third worst net rating in the first quarter of any team in the league. They were not a good first quarter team, and that's probably why they struggled a little bit. Uh, so seeing the team. Compete. Ross was a big reason why. He had a, hit a bunch of shots to kind of to kickstart the match offense a little bit uh, and did a really, really nice job throughout the course of the game. Um, again, kind of fell into the trap of just thinking he could hit any shot. You know, when he gets hot early, you know, he starts to chuck a little bit. That's kind of what he's in there to do, so you kind of live with it. Um, but, you know, Ross, with, with you know, except for maybe two or three shots, a really solid game overall for him. Coming off the bench too, Cole Anthony. Let's talk a little bit about the rookies here. Cole Anthony scores six points, three for five shooting, six assists, a team high six assists, along with two steals. He did have three turnovers uh, and shot three for five from the floor. I felt like early on when Cole Anthony first checked into the game that the magic, that, that, that A, the Heat were going after him. The Heat were pressuring him. The Heat were testing him in every facet. And I felt like early on in the game especially, um, Cole Anthony looked a little nervous or looked a little too excited. It was, you know, again, I always say jumpy, um, which means you're just you're just jumping at everything. You know, you're just you're just like a a, a puppy that 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 you know any any stimulus is gonna is gonna attract your attention. Um, I wouldn't say Cole Anthony was jumpy, but he was definitely um, overexcited and over eager to try and do things and, and and not playing under control. But once he hit that first jumper in the second quarter. Um, I thought he was under much more control. I thought that he did a much better job um, managing the game and kind of keeping the team at its pace. And again, the, the thing that impressed me most about Cole Anthony throughout the course of the preseason was, A, his composure and his poise um, it, You know, throughout, throughout much of the preseason. He did seem to learn and get better with every experience that he got. 
Um, but B was his passing. Uh, and, and I thought Anthony made some really smart passes. Um, he kept the ball moving. He didn't he didn't slow it down. His, when his shot was there, he took it, but it wasn't always the first thing that he went for. So again, I think that Cole Anthony did a lot of really nice things. Again, six points doesn't feel like a lot. You know, the six assists is. Uh, and, and I think Anthony did some really nice things. Now, the Heat did focus on him and, and try and, and try and take advantage of him defensively. He started off his first stint on Goran Dragic. That didn't last long. Um, he was kind of guarding Kendrick Nunn for most of the game, most of the rest of the game, and 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 Nunn isn't obviously the, the same kind of threat that Dragic is, especially off the dribble. So Cole Anthony definitely treated like a rookie, but a good debut for him. Chumo Kiki, I thought, also had a really nice debut. He scored three points on one for three shooting, five rebounds, two assists. It's actually the only Magic player with a negative plus minus. A lot of that coming in the third quarter um, when the Magic really struggled after Aaron Gordon picked up his fourth foul. This isn't that that negative plus minus isn't because Chumo Kiki played bad. Chumo Okiki played really really well. Um, considering the circumstances, yeah, I know the stat line isn't impressive. Why are we talking about a guy that scored only three points? Um, Okiki did a lot of really nice things. Um, you could tell, and 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 players admitted this after said this after the game. You could tell he hadn't played basketball or a real basketball game in such a long time. Um, and it just you know watching him play, it just felt like. The game was going so fast for him, and that he was trying to play at the speed he thought the game was being played at. Um, you know, again, you could just kind of tell that that he just he he's just you know still kind of intaking all the experience and intaking everything um, there. But when the game did slow down for him, when he did have good moments, they were really good moments. Um, you know, the jumper that he hit from the corner was a solid jumper. He had a nice drive that that he drew a foul on. He. Um, you know, had a bunch of really nice defensive plays or or good rotations. Like he, he knows what he's supposed to do, and now it's just about having the confidence and understanding when that's going to happen uh, and, and and all that. And so, you know, again, it's going to take some time with Chuma. It's going to take some time with Cole too. It's going to take some time with Chuma to kind of get him back to speed, get him back to being used to being on the floor. But I thought he did really, really well on that front throughout the course of the game. The Magic shoot 47.7% from the floor. They shoot 10 for 28 from beyond the arc. I usually say that the Magic should be shooting around 33s per game. Um, I think they were on track to shoot a lot more. They slowed down on their three-point attempts later in the game, which I think is a good thing. Um, I kind of joked with the people I was watching the game with. Uh, I did not expect the Magic to shoot more threes than the Miami Heat. Um, that is certainly, I think, a little bit of a problem. That's that The Magic should not be a team that's just kind of hoisting threes indiscriminately. That happened at some points. And that's honestly why the Magic struggled at some junctures of this game. Um, but Orlando, you know, were able to hit some threes, and, and, and I think they were they were shooting them confidently, which I think is ultimately a good thing too. Um, Orlando does shoot 19 for 30 from the foul line, so they leave a lot of points at the foul line. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic combined to shoot five for 14, so five for 14 from the foul line. So half of the free throws come from Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic, and they missed a lot of those free throws. They missed nine of those free throws, so that's something that's got to change. Orlando does turn the ball over 17 times. They have 15 steals, though. They have 23 assists, so some good ball movement there for Orlando. The Miami Heat are led in scoring by Bam Adebayo with 25 points and 11 rebounds. He had four assists, but also had seven turnovers. The Magic's defense put a lot of pressure on these guys. They, they, they certainly did their job. Jimmy Butler scored 19 points, but also had six turnovers, so 13 of the Heat's 22 turnovers coming from their two best players. Goran Dragic off the bench scores 20. Uh, Duncan Robinson has 14. Tyler Hero, 13, but just one for five from beyond the arc. The Orlando Magic 
defeat the Miami Heat 113-107 to 107 in their season opening game. The Atlanta Magic are back in action Saturday against the Washington Wizards. We'll talk about the implications of this game coming up in just a moment. But first, the holidays are here. You're probably still trying to get that last-minute shopping. You're trying to find the energy to get it all done. That's where Built Bar comes in. It is the best protein bar, the best energy bar on the market. At least the one, at least the one that I know of. Um, it's it's an it's an energy bar, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and it also isn't a meal replacement bar. It is a snack bar to give you that little boost of energy that you need. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and a whole lot. No matter, no matter if you're just trying to stay in shape or just looking for that little boost, Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Locked On Women's Basketball is the only daily podcast covering the world of women's hoops. Join an all-star cast of hosts each day of the week for a comprehensive look at the worlds of the WNBA, women's college basketball, and international competition that you simply will not find anywhere else. Subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast provider. The stakes of this season have been fairly clear. Um... We all sense that the Magic are at a turning point. There's kind of a, a feeling around the league that if you're not moving forward, if you're not looking to improve, you are moving backwards. And so the Magic's failure to advance out of the 7-8 seed range is a lot of people thinking the team is moving in the wrong direction. The going thought among many people as the Magic kind of sat still this offseason is, what are the Magic doing? The group they have is clearly not good enough to win a championship. They need to hit the reset button or do something else. Now, the Magic have their reasons for not doing that. But there is a certain truth to it. There is a certain sense that the future is coming whether anyone wants it to or not. And that's going to cast a pall. And again, we're, it's, it's, it sucks to be thinking that and saying that here on the first game of the season when there's still so much possibility. But it that's going to be the storyline throughout the course of the year is... What direction are the Magic heading? Last year undoubtedly was a disappointment. A lot of people had the Magic, or at least some people had the Magic pegged as a team that was on the rise, that could start to compete for home court advantage. 
And for sure, for sure, that is something the Magic wanted to do themselves. They wanted to take that step forward. After proving that they can make the playoffs with the group that they had after six years out of the postseason, last year the Magic not only wanted to prove that it was no fluke, which they certainly did, but prove that they could be more. And instead, it felt like they bumped against their ceiling. If it, felt like, if it felt like the Magic had a little bit of an edge to this game, it was not just because they were playing a rival in the Miami Heat, a team that I think beating them means a lot. I mean, Evan Fournier essentially said that after the game ended, that it's always good to beat the Miami Heat. This game meant a lot because the Magic have a lot to prove. That talk about this team taking another step up, sure, Jonathan Isaac's not in there, and that would certainly help with that, but that talk about this team not taking that step up, that team is still there. That team is still capable of doing it. That team is still what it is. And again, whether you believe they can do it or not, the Magic believe, and the Magic want to be a team that proves everyone wrong that proves that they do have that potential, that they do have that ability to grow and expand and improve in dramatic ways. That's the kind of team the Magic want to be. But that's not the kind of team they were last year. Last year, they won just five games against teams with winning records. They had, like I said, the third worst, off, the third worst net rating in the first quarter. They were just 16-15 and 15 at the Amway Center. They lost games to teams that had the star power. In clutch games, they were you know, under 500. They did not win the close games, and especially when you're an eight seed, those close games are the difference, something they were very good at in 2019. A lot of the things that broke the Magic's way in 2019 didn't break their way in 2020. The Magic were not as good of a team. The Magic did take a step back, even if they ultimately proved, and I do think they did, proved that 2019 wasn't a fluke. And so if there's a bit of urgency, if there's a bit of a chip on their shoulder, it's to prove that that potential people thought they had in 2019, the potential that they thought they had themselves is still there. And it is the first game of the year. Screwy things happen. But the way that they beat the Miami Heat, the way that they won this game, the way that they had to fight and scratch and claw to get this win and to win it, you know, essentially running away. To me, that is a sign that this team is building the bricks back up. This team is different from last year's team. Certainly, health has played a factor. But go back to last year's season opener against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Magic couldn't score. That game was built on their defense, and it was a struggle. It was, a, it was an ugly, ugly game. It did not, you know, it, the Magic won, but it did not feel good. It did not feel confidence building. It was a good win. It was a gutsy win. It was a gritty win. It was a win the Magic expected to have. This was none of those things. Yes, the Magic made a ton of mistakes. This is the first game of the year. There's always going to be mistakes. But they had something they can build on. But more importantly, they gained confidence. More importantly, 
when the chips were down, when they had a chance to fold, when the Heat had a chance to take the game by the throat, the Magic stood up and fought back. Not only did the Magic fight back, they knocked them down. And again, it is just one game. The Magic were the underdogs. The Heat are probably pacing themselves a little bit more. They certainly look like you know, a, a team that was a little bit tired and a team that was you know, still finding their way and still kind of getting into the swing of things where the Magic have probably been in the swing of things a little bit more. You know, I think the Magic certainly believe to, they need to get off to a better start this year so they don't have to go on some crazy run after the All-Star, after the All-Star break um, to, to make the playoffs. I think the Magic certainly believe that. And I, so I think that the Magic are playing with a little bit of urgency to start the season, especially before they go on that January road trip. They know they got to bank up some wins now. As much as they say they're not looking at stretches of the schedule, you know, the stretch of the schedule, they got to get some wins. It's not an easy stretch of the schedule. These first 10 games are not easy by any any means. And that included this game against Miami. But undoubtedly, my Orlando was the better team. They forced the turnovers. They dictated the tempo of the game. They scrambled and made it difficult for Miami to play the style that they wanted. And sure, there were ragged parts. There were parts where both teams were just running up and down the floor without much organization. And maybe that's how the Magic actually want to play. Maybe that benefits the Magic. We don't know. But in this game, it did. This game, the Magic found their way. And when the, the cards were on the table, they made the plays. Markel Fultz made the plays. You know, really guided the team through that final two minutes. Evan Fournier made the plays. Aaron Gordon made the plays. Nikola Vucevic made the plays. It's one win, the first win, against teams that are still finding themselves. Those first two weeks, like I said, are really hard to judge. But this is a win that can build confidence and prove that last year was a disappointment that's behind them. Last year was a disappointment the Magic are trying to correct. Of course, you know, Momentum is the next day's pitcher, and games are going to come fast and furious. And Saturday will present a new challenge with Russell Westbrook, a player that has tortured the Orlando Magic for several years. But we'll see what the Magic can do. We'll see if the Magic are up to the challenge. Let's see if the Magic can get to 2-0. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip at Philip R underscore MD. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. There won't be an episode tomorrow because it is the holiday, so I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays. However you choose to celebrate the day, whether you're working or have the day off, please have a very good day uh, uh, again uh, and enjoy the basketball. It should be a fun day of basketball. The Magic are back in action Saturday against the Washington Wizards. They'll play them again on Sunday, so we will recap both of those games when we reconvene here on Monday for our next episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, the Orlando Magic defeat the Miami Heat 113-107 to get to 1-0 on the season. We'll see you all again after the holiday on our next episode of Locked on Magic. Merry Christmas, everybody. 
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.